Oh yeah, I'm back. While 2021 mostly was forgettable, here on the podcast we had a lot of fun, and I provided you guys with so much entertainment. Let's relive some of the best moments. It's Distorted Review 2021. I am proud to say here on the podcast, we have featured most fetishes. We've either talked about it or I've played clips of it from porn films. Occasionally, though, even after 17 years of doing the show, something will sneak up. A new fetish or kink will arise. I live for those moments. I live to be surprised by a sex act. And I kind of was earlier in the year, back in February, when I learned about bean porn. (laughs) Porn was starting to recommend strange things to me. Like this video. I like beans. It's titled I Like Beans. In it, a a nerdy-looking naked girl pours beans on her body. I like beans. She says that a few times. That's the only thing she knows how to say. Oh, she's pouring the beans on her. Is this like one of those experimental uh, film school projects? She's, you know, just sort sort of... Rubbing the beans into her tits. I like beans. Yeah, we know. We get it. Autistic. Obsessed with beans. Did you know I like beans? Oh, here comes can number two. (laughs) What do you have to say about that? I like beans. I like beans. Yeah, I thought that's what you were going to say. Okay. If you're into bean or retard porn, boy, this is the video for you. Mm-hmm. Who knew beans would provide such good audio as they fall off of her body? Eventually, I think she does say some other stuff after she gets through, like, I don't know, three or four cans of beans. Oh, I like beans. Oh. I guess that was it. I love beans. I fear I have opened up a can of, uh, well, you know. There are other bean-related videos on Pornhub that have been recommended to me after watching this video. I like beans. Beans. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so this next video is from the series Perverted Stories. And uh, by the sound of the credits at the beginning, this is like the Twilight Zone or a fucking horror movie or something. See what I mean? Like, we're in for some twisted shit here. Uh, I can't help but notice that this film is directed by someone named Jim Powers. I wonder if it's our Jim. Jim! You're not getting shit! I've got a torn fucking cunt! Someone stole my purse in Brazil and you couldn't even be nice about it. You know, that Jim. All right, so here we go. This scene is called A Girl and Her Beans. I like beans. This really is like uh, like the outer limits or tales from the dark side or something, but with, you know, more tits and pussy. So the scene is opening up and uh, there's a woman sitting in her living room watching TV. She's she's holding the remote. 
flipping through stations, you know. She gets up and starts getting closer to the television. She crawls to the TV. And the TV starts spilling beans. It's the the TV's full of baked beans. I told you those baked beans make good sounds. And she's rubbing them all over her body. It's, you know, just a girl and her beans. Then, inexplicably, I mean, everything is inexplicable. Like, why are there beans inside this television? But then beans start raining from the ceiling on, on her head. And then crashing down. Then the porn music starts, and she you know, starts gyrating even harder into the beans. Two guys appear out of nowhere and are just sort of standing and watching. Lady, we're from the Bean Factory. <laughs> That's their big line, I guess. She immediately starts sucking their dick. After all, they're from the Bean Factory. I can't believe she didn't ask to see credentials. Some sort of proof. Anyone can just say they're from the bean factory. As she's sucking both of their cocks, beans continue to fall from the ceiling, like onto their penis. So as she's sucking dick, she's also getting a mouthful of beans. And I don't know. I think that's got to be a, a gross combination of things to happen, right? Like you don't expect dick to taste like baked bean juice. Or have chunks of baked beans. It, it, it might make me vomit just thinking about that. Also, one of the guys is like taking a baked bean and pushing it into his dick hole. I shit you not. He, yeah, he's. <laughs> I think he wants her to, like, suck his dick and get the bean out. Oh! Oh, my God! He does. He, so he's, he's still... Oh, freaks! I didn't... Oh, no! He's, he, he loads up his dick hole with a few beans. And then he starts squeezing his dick, try, trying to shoot the beans out of the hole. truly is a perverted story. Search for this on Pornhub if you want to check it out for yourself. Yeah, if you think I'm shitting you about any of this nonsense, it's Perverted Stories 14, Scene 1. See that? You see what I fucking did? I stuck a fucking bean in my dick hole. Feels fucking fantastic. I like beans. You're not the only one, honey. Oh, we've been messing around with the party line for years now. This is a a service people call into to have phone sex. And uh, just about everyone who uses it is a fucking creep. (laughs) TV listener Vlad, for those of you that don't know, uh, does a wicked killer female voice, even though uh, he supposedly is really a man. 
And occasionally he'll record his phone conversations with dudes from the party line for our enjoyment. This is something I've done many times on the podcast, but my female voice isn't nearly as convincing. This is Karen. I want to suck your cack. See, I can't pull it off. I'm too much of a man. Actually, I've pulled it off successfully many times, and I, I don't think it's because I have a really great fake female voice. I just think the guys on the party line are so horny, their erections are clouding their judgment and ears. Anyway, I'm always losing the number to the fucking free party line, and so I uh, I loaded up Skype today to see if it was in my history. Sure enough, it was, so that's good. And uh, I thought I would just call real quick and uh, check out the other side of the free party line service. That is uh, the gay side, which we haven't done recently. It's always me or Vlad pretending to be a girl. Today, I thought I'd switch it up and pretend to be a boy. Actually, I'm not looking to, to get into a conversation today on the party line, but one thing you guys should know, and longtime listeners do know this, the gay party line is a very dark place, at least the phone number that I call. It has more than its fair share of pedophiles looking to have dirty incest underage boy talk now i do have a piece of audio hardware here called a voice transformer uh, which i've used a couple times to uh, make my voice sound more feminine when i'm pretending to be a girl i thought maybe i could tweak it and give myself a like a higher gay voice yeah now i'm looking to pass for an 18 year old gay kid what's great and i've mentioned this many times um you know even if i don't sound too convincing in real life Telephone quality sucks so bad, it kind of hides the fact that it, you know, it sounds a little fake. Anyway, I tried to record a short intro just to see if anyone would possibly take the bait. So this was my personal greeting. Hey, this is Chase. Um, I'm 18 years old from Ohio, 5'9", 130 pounds, blonde hair, naturally tanned skin, swimmer's bod, uh, about 7-inch uncut hog, tight hairless oblong balls. I'm into kink, um, bondage, water sports, hair, fire, insect, natural disaster, coffin play, typhoons, whatever. Uh, if you're into some wild stuff, I'd love to talk to you. Bye. Right, so it doesn't sound great. It, it almost has like a, a, a slight chipmunk quality to it but then when the message is played back and you hear what it sounds like over the phone i think it sounds pretty convincing hey this is chase um i'm 18 years old from ohio 5'9 130 pounds blonde hair naturally tanned skin swimmer's spot uh, about seven inch uncut hot. right i thought that would work well young chase looking for dick has nice oblong balls and is into natural disasters and bondage and water sports and fire let me just tell you no one was interested in young chase no one when i'm pretending to be rebecca or cassie hope or whatever the fuck my fake female names are i could literally just leave a greeting like hi girl boobs pussy and my inbox would be jam-packed two two minutes later tons of horny guys leaving messages like yeah I love a girl with pussy and tits. I would love to talk to you. You sound like just my type. As a gay guy, I'm just undesirable. I know a little something about that in real life. Honestly, I don't want to be too hard on myself. It might not be me. I think it was a weird day on the party line. There were strange guys calling in. Stranger than normal. I'll give you an example. 
guys. This is Pastor Brad. I'm a 52-year-old married white male, um, hairy, masculine, seven inches, uncut, huge, thick. Um, I am a senior pastor of the Baptist Church. I love fucking guys on the altar coming on Bibles. You know, when I was coming up with my personal message, I was racking my brain trying to come up with weird fetishes or or kinks or whatever that you know fire natural disasters coffin play i thought those would be the weirdest things you you'd ever hear on the party line no this guy comes out with coming on bibles i'm a pastor who likes to fuck guys on the altar and come on bibles People always trying to one-up me. I love fucking guys on the altar coming on Bibles. Um, yeah, just really into that kink wrong scene, man, with other hairy, masculine, married, or divorced guys. I love meeting them at my church and um, praying with them, doing Bible studies as we uh, uh, commune in that way. Praying is part of it for him? As he's fucking you, does he pass the collection basket? Are you expected to donate? Seems like there's a whole church service going on. One person who certainly needs to find Jesus was the very next caller leaving a personal greeting. Hey, good afternoon, guys. Hot, young, smooth, pedo, twink. I'm going to stop him right there. That is not the voice of a young pedo twink. Whatever the fuck a pedo twink is. This is a middle-aged man calling in. At the youngest, he's early 40s. Smooth pedo twink. Got started very, very young with my uncle, and I've loved it ever since. Looking for all those wonderful pedo pedo dads, pedo uncles, anybody into uh, family male incest and molestation with young, smooth boys, hairless boys under 10. Hit me back. He's not even vague about it. Sometimes the guys calling in will be like, yeah, I'm looking for 18-year-old guys. The younger, the better. Wink, wink. You know what I mean? This guy just comes right out and says it. I'm attracted to 10-year-olds. 10 and under. 10 is the ceiling for him. That's the upper limit of age. Station with young, smooth boys, hairless boys under 10. Hit me back. Let's perv. Let's pedobate. Let's get fucking nasty. And if you're a black nigger that likes to fuck uh, uh, young boys, that's even better. Hit me back. I didn't think anything could be worse than a pedophile. Then I met the racist pedophile. Well, I don't know about pedobating, but I thought this might be a job for Chase. The 18-year-old boy who's into fire. Hey, this is Chase. Um, I'm 18-ish, and uh, I'm into the same stuff as you. Uh, 130 pounds, blonde hair, naturally tanned skin, swimmer's body. I'm into kink bondage, water sports, anything nasty. If you want to talk, hit me up. 18-ish, I said. You You know what that means? Under 18. Pedophiles will pick up what I'm throwing down. I I am shocked to tell you this guy was not interested in me. He literally wants to talk to older men about fucking younger guys, I guess. And also, I'm too old for him. I'm not 10. Yeah, thanks for the message. I'm not sure if um, 
uh, do you heard it correctly, but I'm a pedophile and uh, likes to talk with uh, guys that started young. If you started young, I'm definitely interested in talking to you. I love that. I, you know, I'm telling him I'm under 18, basically, and he's he still wants it younger. He's like, well, if you had experiences when you were 10 or under, I guess I'll talk to you. Please record your message at the beep. When done, hit the pound key so I can play it back to you for your approval. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I misunderstood. You're just like a pedophile and you want to talk to other pedophiles about pedoing out. You don't want to talk to a young guy necessarily. Well, listen to me and listen to me good. I'm Agent Cooper with Interpol. We've been monitoring your activity on this service, and we know exactly where you live. We've pinpointed your location, and we're coming for you. You disgusting pedo scum. You better say goodbye to your wife. Say goodbye to everyone you love, because we're locking you up for a long time. A long, 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 long time. You will be entering an ass-rape-prison. Oh, uh, don't forget to reply to this message and let me know what a good time is to uh, come arrest you. Okay, bye. After all these years, we're still doing Sextastic Tuesday. It's a dumb bit where I try to find poorly written, weird, or just disgusting sex stories. One of my favorites this year kind of reminds me of those... Uh, Fake mental disorders were always playing on DV. You know, these people with uh, multiple personalities and sometimes their personalities aren't even people. They're inanimate objects or emotions, colors, dumb shit like that. Now, imagine the color purple giving a desk chair oral sex. That's the caliber of crazy we're dealing with on this Sextastic Tuesday. Today, I have a piece of what I like to call high-concept erotica. Meaning this isn't just like uh, a man-fucks-woman or woman-fucks-woman, man-fucks-man story. Nor are they fictional characters going at it. The story I have for you today would be like if fire fucked water. Or like if, if happiness gave oral to depression. They're not really things. You'll see what I mean. Let's get into it right now. It's sextastic. Yes, today's story involves Mother Nature and the North Wind, who apparently is her son. Yeah, that's right. Even though one of the characters in this sex story is air, we're still able to somehow incorporate incest. I'll try to do a female voice for Mother Nature, obviously, and for North Wind, I'll be all breathy. Hi, mothers. You know, like, you know, how wind would sound. Oh, mother dear. The north wind calls, floating in the air, emerging from the clouds, exuberant and well-dressed, delivering a cool breeze that causes the leaves to susurrate as the trees sway. Mental note, look up the word susurrate. Check the definition and also if I pronounced it right. All right. The little lady is surprised with the visit since she assumed he had gone with the snow miser. Hold it. I know that name, snow miser. Like snow miser and heat miser from those Christmas movies? Is that what this is based on? Is this some sort of weird claymation fanfic porn? North Wind? I thought you went with Snowy. What is it, sweetie? You look as dashing as ever. Thank you, mother. 
However, you are the one worthy of praise. <sighs> My dear, you look so beautiful today. Why, if I were Father Sky, I would collapse on my knees every time our eyes met. Oh, Windy, darling, you're such a gentleman, just like Snowy. But really, though, why did you come back? A pair of strong arms clasped around her waist and pressed her against his chest. Taller than the snow miser, he towers over her, gazing downward with a smug smile. She nervously titters in amusement, impressed but also unsure. Unsure if she should scold him or revel in that golden glow, that naughty feeling, that lust sensation that creeps up on her whenever their eyes meet, whenever he talks to her, or even is near her. It's always been present, dangling, dense in the atmosphere. But now its power is doubled, and her panting heart knows it. For you, mother, I came back for you. For me? Well, I'm delighted. His grip tightens to the point she can't move. Or maybe it's that she doesn't want to move. She should be able to if she wanted. She's mother nature. She should be able to effortlessly oppose him. But she's always wanted it this way, to be dominated by her own son. Have you missed me, son? I yearn for you, mother. Every day I'm alone in my castle. Without shame, he nuzzles her face, staring into her eyes as if ready to kiss, but leans into her neck instead, which he smooches, expertly tracing its sensitive areas. <laughs> Stop it! You're holding me too tight! Let me go now! Underneath the giggling, the excitement steadily builds as she waits for his ruthless grip to finally loosen around her waist. But it doesn't. He squeezes her entire form against his, making her feel every ripple of his muscle, his warmth, his something large throbbing on her belly. It's stone hard and it's heavy, itching to be inside her, to pound her senseless. A pair of swollen globes twitch under the fabric, including violent, rhythmic pulses of a large and rigid member as it squirms towards her like an anaconda. His soft breath shifts into lustful panting, and his kisses develop into a passionate, demanding mouth lock. Mother tries to fight back, but it's too late. She now not only craves her own son, but needs him. She needs her son's seed to be inside of her, to lather her tremoring womb, and to become one with him. Take me, son! Take me and make me yours! She watches him undo his pants, wondering what he looks like down there. The very second his cock is unveiled, her heart quickens, and her quivering lips prepare for fellation. Prepare for fellation. Prepare for fellation. Prepare for fellation. Fellatio sequence activated. The North Wind's cock is disproportionately large and fully mature. Also, ready and eager to impregnate his mother to soak her fucking womb in its viscous cream till it drowns. Wouldn't it be great if weather forecasts were worded like that? Yeah, well, let's treat the wind like it's a, a horny male. I'm Leaf Caliber with a weather watch update. Mother Nature is getting ready to pound our asses tonight with the old north wind preparing to unfurl his ginormous, rigid cock and douse the greater Boise area with its thick load of snow jism. 
How much of him can we possibly take? Well, it's not really up to us. We'll get battered all night long until he's had enough and moves on. It's going to be a winter raping. Details at 11. One of the most uh, often requested bits for me to do is um, uh, insensitive reenactments. You guys want to hear more insensitive reenactments. And while I agree we don't do enough, occasionally they pop up. The thing is, sometimes they're on Sideshow exclusive episodes. I save my best stuff for the true and honorable freaks. For some reason, early in the year, I was uh, talking about that toy, that flamingo that shits in a, in a toilet bowl. Gotta go flamingo. And it got me thinking, how was this toy invented? It sounded like the perfect opportunity for an insensitive reenactment. Take a listen. As I have talked about a, a few times on the podcast, the hottest toys right now for children all seem to be poop related. I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it does. I mean, I, I'm cool with gross out stuff. I based my whole career on it. I love shit. I've probably seen more poop than anyone else. It's gross. It's funny. I get it. I, I think my problem with uh, poop toys are that they're so, like, cutesy. If you don't know what I'm talking about, one of the uh, most recent products we featured is uh, Gotta Go Flamingo. It's Gotta Go Flamingo. Uh-oh, Gotta Go. The flamingo that's sitting on the shitter and just blows out turds <laughs> in the in the clear toilet bowl. You can even hear it in the commercial, isn't it? Go. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Gotta Go. He talks. I'm so hungry. Pretty much sums up the existence of man. Eat, poop, repeat until you die. Ta-da! I never really thought about it, but this product might just be poignant commentary on the meaninglessness of human life. What if this product was designed by, like, a depressed philosopher? He came up with his toy, and, like, Hasbro took a meeting with him. I don't know about you, but I think it's time for a distorted view and sensitive reenactment. Mr. Chucklin will see you now. Fantastic. Thank you. Hey, you must be the bird toy man. My flamingo is not a bird. It is an allegory for the tragedy that is the human experience. Huh, I thought flamingos were birds. Anyway, this is a toy for kids, right? They must be prepared for what awaits them. 80 years of suffering culminating in incontinence and dementia-induced insanity. Well, kids love crazy stuff. Crazy may just be when we see the clearest. This is the bird that shits on the toilet, right? In a manner of speaking? Yes. Well, poop is hot right now. Kids can't get enough of it. Why don't you give me your pitch? Why would kids want to play with this particular poop toy? And why should Hasbro be in business with you? I relish the opportunity to educate you. The 
flamingo represents the disgusting excess of man. Just as the flamingo feeds on brine shrimp, opening its crooked beak to eat all the bile around it indiscriminately. Mud, silt, bugs, humans accept their fate as vile, disgusting consumption vessels. Gotico flamingo poops orange glitter, expelling the overabundance of our materialistic culture. However, humans devour these cancerous trappings. Cars, houses, jewelry, and the latest $100 gizmo or doodaddle. But they're never satisfied. They always crave more. Never letting it go. Never shitting it out. Only letting it pile up in the pit of their stomach until it overcomes them, consumes them, distending their fat guts and working its poisonous venom up their turkey necks and into their jowls. To the toilet we all return, again and again, never expelling that which truly needs to be expelled, that which will relieve us. Capitalism. We witness it in the see-through bowl of Gotico Flamingo, but the toilets in our lives are not so clear. They are clouded with lies. We die as we are born, worthless, forgotten. That is what I hope children will see every time they pick up Gotago Flamingo. Uh, wow. Um, and the flamingo poops orange glitter, right? Kids love glitter. Yes, the glitter is bright orange. And do you see the flamingo singing? I thought every time the flamingo took a bowel movement, Chopin's funeral march would play. Okay. Interesting idea. Love it. But what if we gave the flamingo kind of a high voice and it sang a little song every time it took a shit? Like, uh-oh, I gotta go. Uh-oh, gotta go. I will not compromise on my artistic vision. Hasbro's willing to buy your idea for $2.5 million. On the other hand, it is a very cute, catchy song. That's what I thought. All right. Uh, By the way, what is your name? We need to write up the contracts. My name... My name is Payne Gray Aura. That sounds about right. I'm also working on a dog toy that humps and squirts jism. That's a statement on the Me Too movement. Hasbro would be interested in that as well. My excitement regarding this collaboration is immeasurable. And that's how we got Gotta Go Flamingo. Ting! I do have something to share with you. This is just so sad and creepy and funny. Mead recently posted a video on his channel sharing his first love story, his first crush, right? Uh, Back when he was a teenager, he would go riding horses or something with some girl named Shannon, whom he fell deeply and madly in love with. 
Uh, Shannon, though, did not return those feelings, of course. Looked very soft and feminine. Yes. And, uh, really had a nice, uh, riding seat. She just knew how to ride horses. She was really good with them. Is that like, uh, are you, are you saying she has a nice ass? That bitch has a nice riding seat. And, uh, he was sort of smitten with her, but, uh, she's not really smitten back, you know. So I remember, uh, Shannon, <laughs> of course, uh, was very nice to me. Uh, she used to smile at me a lot, and we rode horses together, but I don't think she really understood me in that way. You know, there was a, a slight age gap. She was two years older than me, and when you're 14 years old versus 16, it's just... Yeah, yeah, that's why she didn't like you. It's a big difference, you know. The age gap. So uh, she was interested in older boys, and... She said that she couldn't date me because she was already seeing a retired physician. He was 67 years old. She likes him older. Honestly, Mead, though, is kind of right. You don't see too many, like, juniors in high school dating freshmen. But if she was attracted to him, I'm sure she would have broke that rule, right? Made an exception. The thing is, she's just not attracted to him. That's... That's the real reason they weren't together. But anyway, Shannon became um, almost an obsession. And I would keep this notebook about her where I write poems about her called the Shannon book. And once I found a strand of her hair and I taped it to a page of the Shannon book. And if I couldn't find my pen, I'd just write stuff in blood. She will be mine. Along with pentagrams and stuff. Like this is turning psycho, right? She became kind of a, an obsession for me. He even said it. But anyway, Shannon became um, almost an obsession. The real reason we didn't date is on account of the restraining order. And you know, like, Mead is even saying it like like weird. Like, you know, she was kind of even an obsession for a while. And he's sugarcoating this shit. It's probably ten times worse than he's making it out to be. I want to know what was in that journal. The Shannon book. If I can't have her, no one will. I'm going to ask her one more time to go to the dance with me. And if she says no, I'm going to string her to a tree. Rip off all of her clothes and pour sweet tea down her tight little body. Soaking her titties in that juice. And that's how Mead came up with that song, Sweet Tea. And I would keep this notebook about her where I write poems about her called mm-hmm. the Shannon Book. Mm-hmm. Some of the poems were a bit um, risque. And mm-hmm. Does anyone want to take bets that there may have been some rape-themed erotica in there? It's okay that we're doing this because I had a dream and God told me I would have you. I would talk about rendezvous in the hayloft and that sort of thing, but also beautiful poetry, beautiful love, Mm -hmm. uh, romantic love, and sort of things that I thought were really sweet. As luck would have it, I found uh, Mead's Shannon journal and uh, I've got one of his poems about Shannon right here. Would you like to hear it? I thought you would. Can I get some romantic Valentine's Day themed music, please? Shannon, should I do it in his voice or my voice? Shannon, oh Shannon, you make my turgid dick as hard as a cannon. Like the Battle of Baton Rouge, my cannon will fire covering you in my spooge. When you straddle that horse with those milky thighs, I felt it in my pants, oh yes, the South will once again rise. Watching the shirtless Negro slaves work up a sweat on the plantation gets my Yankee doodle dripping and straining, resulting in ejaculation. Shannon, oh Shannon, your sun-kissed skin from tannin. While I'm just a pasty white, 
and a member of the alt-right. Would you wear something sexy like a thong or a white hood? After all, the KKK is just misunderstood. I'd like to take you on a date or two. Maybe to a deli where we can mock the Jews. Or see a movie that's brand new. Or chain ourselves to a Confederate statue. Shannon O'Shannon, I hold you in high regard. So won't you date this sad racist retard? Love Mead. <laughs> now that's a poem. I would have liked to see Mead uh, perform at Joe Biden's inauguration. <laughs> Could you imagine what his poem would be for Joe Biden? All right, let's continue on here with Mead's uh, first crush story. And I just had all these stirrings in me like I never felt before. Like I'm- Who the fuck still talks like this? Mead exists in the 1800s mentally. I had these stirrings inside me. And I just felt that way around her. Of course, I love riding with her. That was a treat. But I look forward to riding because I might see Shannon. So Shannon was really nice, and she um, didn't have a horse of her own. And I thought maybe she'd like to ride my horse one day. But apparently she didn't want to ride my horse. No. No. She had a thing for this older boy named Eric. She wanted his horse. Not- All right. He is totally talking about cock right here, right? <laughs> He's doing this on purpose. If this was any other person, I would think that. But Mead, he might actually be talking about a horse. I don't think he has the ability to get that sexual. Of course, he had a bigger horse than I did. Okay. (laughs) Well, maybe. More expensive. And I guess she just wasn't interested in my horse. She wanted to ride his horse. So um, they used to go riding together till sunset. And um, they just seemed to have a lot in common. Of course, um, there I was just all by myself. Just playing with your own horse. What the farmer Shannon would put on her bikini, and she would, I'd be sitting there at the edge of the pool, and she would come right up next to me, sit right next to me in her bikini, saying hello. I was like, you can't have this. (laughs) I don't even know she was thinking that. It just felt that way. So I felt very frustrated on multiple levels. So when I was thinking, I just needed to come. About Shannon, I was thinking about all kinds of things. How do you think Mead would have turned out if this girl? girl would have fucked him you know what i mean do you think his whole life would have would have been different if he just got all that sexual frustration out and in like he he had that experience i i just think me wouldn't be so fucking weird Sorry. you know like the, the 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 subject matter of his songs might be totally different she might have turned him on to like different types of music. He could be like a world-renowned musician. He could be on the Billboard charts right now. Oh, I would love to see like a Sliding Doors type movie about what what Mead's life could be like. Remember that movie Sliding Doors? Probably not. I don't even think it did very well, but it starred Gwyneth Paltrow. I think it was like in the 90s. And it's this movie where uh, Gwyneth Paltrow at one point um gets on a train or misses a train or something. And then you see how her life would have been different if she would have just done that one thing, got on the train. And so the, like, the story veers off. You hear it, you see both versions of the story. That's what I want from me. We know how it turned out when me didn't get laid from this horse chick. You know, there's certain things that how boys are. They're just how they think. Now, what I had for Shannon was not love. It was it was infatuation, bordering on lust, and that's what it was. Well, bordering on obsession is what it sounds like. It wasn't anything more than that. The court called it 
criminal stalking. As you know. So as I saw Shannon and Eric together, I just became increasingly jealous. I started killing things. It started with squirrels. That became my new obsession. And I would do everything I could, you know, to see where Shannon was, what she was up to. Yeah. And she would come up to me and smile. And I remember on occasions we talk about horses and what we liked and what kind of music we liked. And I'm not going to play the whole thing here because Mead babbles on and on. But basically, Mead starts sending her anonymous letters. He didn't want her to know that it was him. He didn't even write it. He, he just cut out letters from a magazine. It was like a ransom note. No, uh, so he, eventually he sent her some flowers and confessed to who he was. And, well, Shannon obviously did not return those feelings. No, some of the letters were a bit, um, well, suggestive, I, su- I guess you might say. I didn't understand because I didn't know it was inappropriate. I was just... A- yeah, you really have to read between the lines here. I think Mead freaked this girl the fuck out. So eventually, when I revealed who I was, Shannon became came somewhat disturbed for some reason. So, she- <laughs> what an interesting choice of words there. <laughs> told her father, and her father. She became concerned, scared, disturbed. Um, called our house and spoke to my dad or my sister, I can't remember, and said, "Well, Shannon is not interested, and if he keeps doing this, we're going to have to call the sheriff." See now. We're only getting Mead's sugar-coated version of this story. But think about what has happened here. This girl is scared. She's, she got her dad to call Mead's parents and say, he needs to stop or we're going to call the police. Uh, so basically... I want the real deets. I, was fac- I need to find Shannon. Oh my God, we need to track her down. How can we do this, freaks? Uh, so basically, I was facing a restraining order at age 14. Uh, so yeah, that's the story, folks. That's how it ends. I... I, I love Mead. I'm sorry. Th- this guy is just so hilarious. Like, if you listen to Mead, he's like, he's like, yeah, I like, I don't understand. I like this girl. I sent her some love letters. Next thing you know, I'm served with a restraining order. Yeah, there's some stuff there you're leaving out, me thinks. <laughs> well, I've got one more clip before we wrap things up for the day. This one's from a Sideshow exclusive episode of DV, and it features me reminiscing about Distorted View's first incarnation back when I was like 17 or 18 years old. After doing the show for a couple of years, I was hired by an internet radio station and I moved down to Dallas, Texas. It did not last long. In this piece, you'll hear me play some commercials and public service announcements that aired on the internet radio station. And yes, you'll even hear a few seconds of a very early episode of Distorted View Daily. It it was not good. I'm still cringing. Distorted View has come a long way. Take a listen. Uh, You know, most of you freaks know Distorted View has sort of been around in one form or another since 1997, when I was a little teenager. A few years after that, I started working with a company, a startup in Dallas, Texas, called the Real Talk Network. And in 2000, I moved down to Dallas. They built out some uh, internet radio facilities for themselves. It was very exciting, and it lasted about two weeks before I had to pack up and head back home because the company declared bankruptcy. Work with Distorted View Daily. We're the kiss of death. 
We'll collapse your company real fast. Bring it down to its knees. It was a lot of fun while I was down there, though. We got to do live shows. And uh, the guy who ran the company had big ideas. Unfortunately, uh, none of those big ideas could really be implemented uh, like advertise. We didn't have any advertisers, which was a problem. Joey and I were doing a two hour live show and uh, there were no commercial breaks, really. So that's a problem because you need to take breaks to regroup, not lose your fucking mind, get ready for the next segment, whatever. So the only things that would air would, would be like promos for other shows on this network that was nearing collapse. Still, just playing a few ads for other shows on the network weren't enough for, for a full commercial break. So I solved the problem. I came up with the solution. I was an ideas man, really. I got a bunch of public service announcements sent over. I was like, hey, we've got this internet radio thing. We'd love to run some uh, PSAs to help people. And uh, they sent over some of the worst PSAs for the dumbest causes. It wasn't like anti-drug stuff. When you think of PSAs, you know, that's sort of what you think of. Not PSAs to remind you of your circadian rhythm while truck driving or whatever. We got, like, It was just like the weirdest collection of stuff. Like, pull over to the side of the road and have coffee so you don't fall asleep. They literally sent over a public service announcement aimed at the elderly getting scammed on the telephone. Meanwhile, that was a real bit that Joey and I did. We would call up old people trying to scam them out of money. Here is uh, one of the public service announcements that ran. Hey, Dad. Good to see you. It's about time. What's in the bag? I brought you some smoke alarms and batteries. <laughs> ah, you're wasting your money again. This is, a, this is a, a, during a show hosted by two 20-year-olds. I think we just got done calling a guy who wanted to be in gay porn and like reading fake gay porn scripts with him. And I will be right back. And here's the stupid PSA about old people and smoke alarms. Again, what do I need these for? I've never had a fire. Dad, I'm not going to argue with you about fire safety. What are you burned to a crisp old man? And like, we wouldn't just play one public service announcement in, in a commercial blog. It would be like seven in a row. And none of them would have anything to do with, like, the demographic listening to DV. Like, here's the end of the fire PSA. Your loved ones, fire stops with you. A message from FEMA and the U.S. Fire Administration. Okay, right? And then it's going to go right into another PSA. Hi, I'm Dominique Dawes, and I want to talk to you about girl power. A, a PSA for girl power. This This commercial is aimed at... Teenage girls, they are not listening to Distorted View Daily. I didn't even know this was a public service campaign. Like, the idea of girls doing girl stuff together. Hi, I'm Dominique Dawes. Dominique Dawes was like a gymnast or something in the Olympics. And I want to talk to you about girl power. It's about being healthy, reaching your goals, feeling good about yourself. Girl power is all about lady shit. Girl Power. Call 1-800-729-6686 for free information. Free information on, on how to be a girl. You're listening to Distorted <laughs> and View. right back into TV. And Joe Donato. Let's, let's just take a listen and see what this segment is coming up. I'm sure it will appeal to teenage girls and old men. They're obviously the ones listening to the show. <laughs> Yeah. 
Hi, you're back on the Distorted View, and I'm Joe. Right now, we're doing a little electronic shiatsu. If you can hear that, oh dear, like yeah, Joe from the, from the tension. I don't of think the, uh, shiatsu goes in your pants. I, shut up! What is that thing? It's uh, it's, it's long. It's about six inches long. <laughs> Almost Shut in a up. cone shape. It is not. This is the uh, the uh, with a lawnmower starter on it. <laughs> yeah, we're playing with vibrators. It's, you know, thought that was hilarious at the time. Remember a few episodes ago, I was talking about how uh, some of the early episodes of DV made me cringe. Th- this would be what I'm talking about. Also, I should have fired Joe that very day when he came back into a break and said, "Welcome back to the Distorted View." It's not the name of the show. You're the you're one of the hosts. You should know the name. It's just it's just distorted view. People always got that wrong. Still do. Either distorted view daily or distorted view, not the distorted view. The sound of a working smoke alarm. Those with special needs are often terrified when they hear this sound. What is that? What do I do? That was another PSA that aired on distorted view. It's like they're all aimed at the groups that we make fun of the most. Old people, women, and those with special needs. Also, have you ever in your life heard public service announcements like this? I've n- on, I've never heard these on radio stations before. Retarded people are scared of fire alarms. Just so you know. <laughs> what? what a public service announcement. Hey, FYI, if you want to freak out a mongoloid, make some loud noises. It's a hoot. What do, What does this public service announcement suggest we do? ...of your home. Let your fire department and building manager know of your special needs ahead of time uh, uh, and practice your fire escape plan with others. Plan ahead for a fire emergency. I like how they make this about the special needs people. Like, everyone kind of freaks out when they hear the fire alarm. Like, holy shit, what, what do I do? Should I, should I leave the house? Fire stops with you. A message from FEMA and the U.S. Fire That's Administration. Right. That's right. Distorted View cares. We're running FEMA public service announcements. You're not hearing things. It's myopia for eardrums. It's the Distorted oh View Show. God. On the only place they could make it. The Real Talk <laughs> Network. <laughs> Tim Henson, Joe Donatone, this is the Distorted Viewnet radio show. Uh, we're sitting yeah. here finishing up with Fran Baskerville, who's just been a great guest. And uh, um, what were, I was going to ask her a question. I completely forgot. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's like the worst thing you could ever say as like a host. Right? I was going to ask you a question, but I, what is it again? I forgot. I need to just burn these episodes. There's there's no nothing redeeming on them. Also... What the fuck is that? It's myopia for eardrums. I had to look up what myopia was. It's nearsightedness. That doesn't apply. Also, lack of imagination. It's lack of imagination for your eardrums. What? I don't think that was a very complimentary sound drop. I did not write those lines for the voice guy to say. Someone else did, and I do not approve. Their own mothers don't claim them as family, but we do. It's the Real Talk Network and the Distorted View Show. Oh my God! I don't know why I played that for you guys. That that was painful for me to hear. We're really playing loosey goosey with the term "best of." Anyway, that'll do it for this installment of Distorted Review 2021. Is there a moment from the past year that you thought was really great that I missed? Email me show at distortedview.com or voicemail in 206-666-4463. Let me know about it. 
Also, don't forget to sign up for the Sideshow DB's member site where you gain full access to the entire archive of programs. 17 years worth of shows. Every week we do brand new exclusive podcasts. Superfreaksideshow.com for more information. Regular episodes of Distorted View Daily resume on January 3rd. As for this week, I'm not done yet. I'll be back with more of my favorite moments from 2021 on Distorted Review. Until then, bye, everybody! Scribe.net.